welcome to another edition of the Kings Way Kickabout. Uh, we are very much in the business end of the season now. Uh, you know, for the past few weeks, things have been hotting up and they uh, continue to do so with a raft of midweek fixtures across uh, the EFL. Uh, where on the pyramid do you want to begin, Elf? Well, this has been uh, Rotherham's, uh, as Paul Warner's even put it, uh, their week from hell. Um, three games for them this week and then obviously uh, they'll uh, round it off with uh, their game against Birmingham on Sunday. Um, and, you know, a mixed uh, week for them. Uh, it's it's difficult to analyse because obviously these are the two games before Birmingham. QPR at home, Coventry at home, Birmingham in there. Four, three points as a base for that. I mean, they'd probably take it going into the week. Um, but um, and especially given you know how tired they obviously were on Thursday night, you could see that. And um, uh, commentary were definitely dominant in the game, which we'll uh, discuss in more detail, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it must be it must be frustrating given that you know they've got this cluster of winnable fixtures in such a short period of time where you know they're not going to be a peak fitness to you know really pick up the points they want to but nonetheless you know it, it was good for them to get a win at home to qpr deserved win um and uh, yeah they're, they're still very much on the coattails of teams above them uh those teams are uh growing thinner as the weeks go on as birmingham and obviously commentary with that win over them uh begin to claw away but um the huddersfield and derby are still very much in sight for them and um Anyone who's writing them off after uh, last night's defeat, uh, we're recording on the Friday is a bit uh, soon. Uh, do you think Derby uh, should have been clear? Like they they should be uh, uh, they shouldn't be in this situation. Of course, we've talked about their squad at the beginning of the season, but yeah. uh, their results uh, haven't been glowing exactly either. They haven't exactly helped themselves. I thought they'd be like Forest, who have very much, uh, I would say, secured their survival. Yeah, no, no, you're you, you're right, Aki. Um, uh, I, I looked back at my uh, pre-season championship one twenty-four, and I uh, was very pleased with it, especially pleased with them dancing in the playoffs. Um, and the only absolute clangor that's in there is Derby in uh, sixth, uh, which definitely looks foolish now. And it, I mean, it's it's difficult, Aki, because they've been so poor from open play. This season, they've been so far going forward, and obviously there are all those damning statistics about how few chances and how few goals they're creating for open play. But there was that period when Rooney first came in, but they really looked like they turned a corner and were finally getting the results that their squad quality should merit. Um, but uh, over the last month, six weeks, uh, that sort of time frame, uh, the staleness has definitely come back with them. Um, I think, much like Danny Cowley with Huddersfield toward the end of last season, I think Rooney has just thought, if we're just solid and we keep picking up clean sheets and, you know, we'll see where we score the goals in that time, we will eventually claw our, our way out of it. Um, which I think is a fair thing, given that um, there's five games left for most teams. Um, and I can't see Huddersfield picking up many points, if any, in that time frame. Um, so that's one team that's going to be below them. Yeah. yeah as, and as we say, you know, Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham are probably adrift. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, 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 they, they should be um, 
uh, come to be better than Huddersfield, given that they're neck and neck. Derby have had some uh, decent results. Of course, a 2 2 draw with Brentford. Yeah. Uh, winning away at QPR and amongst other things. Yeah. No, no, they, they, they definitely have. There's been positive performance. And obviously, one of the only sides to beat Norwich uh, this season as well. Um, somewhat of a bogey team uh, for them before obviously losing at home to them uh, the other week. Um, going back to the other teams in, in around them in the relegation ways, I was so impressed with Coventry uh, last night. They've they've been frustratingly tentative uh, this season, and obviously, as we discussed, I believe in last week's kickabout, there's a natural conservatism there when you initially get promoted. Um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of revert to type, given that, you know, you see clean beats as get out of it. But now they've finally got their ideal from free. Um, in Tom O'Hare and Matt Gordon, who are obviously, you know, uh, two of the best players in League One last season, and coupled with that with, with Tyler Walker, who they've got him from Nottingham Forest. Um, they were linking up so well against Rotherham, really exploit, exploiting, excuse me, a tired back line. Yes, you know, they're still offering their best pet threats from set pieces in recent weeks, and that's where their goal came from. Um, but there's, it, it, it was so good to see a rejuvenated Coventry and a Coventry where creativity came first, um, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, and it, it was... And with the goal. Yes, no, I, I was going to come on to that. Um, uh, Ersegord and uh, Matty James are obviously two lone players that they've got in this season. Uh, they've just gone on another level over the last two months. And um, I'm sure Sky Blues fans will, you know, really want those two permanent signatures on that side. Obviously, Brighton have got an absolute glut of uh, centre-backs uh, at the minute, so I'm sure for the right price, uh, they would consider it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that I mean... Uh, Dare we say Coventry are more or less good now? Um, on forty-five points, I believe so. They'll probably need two or three more points to really make sure of it. Um, but 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 yeah, no, it will be a, a massive relief for them and a clutch performance when it was needed most definitely. Uh, indeed, and uh, yeah, Coventry have uh, you know they're a physical team who have uh, almost fought their way to this point. You know, with the likes of Hamer and whatnot. Mm. Uh, Fair few red cards as well this season. Yeah, but, they are, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Lee, and Leo Sigurd is obviously uh, one of them as well. Um, he's who has been uh, hasn't been impartial uh, to the uh, occasional red card. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's the uh, bottom of the table. Uh, quick word on Birmingham, of course, who had a good win against Stoke and uh, a good draw against uh, to Brentf- uh, away at Brentford. And uh, a win against them. So that's the uh, pretty much uh, teams four po- uh, four points out of six from games against the teams third and fourth, and a good win against Stoke. So uh, I think Lee Bowie has just about done it. Yeah, I think he has. I really like what he's done um, it, uh, to to come up with a parallel um, West Ham earlier this season when David Boyge was initially playing a 4-4-2 defensively and then a 5 at the back going forward where Aaron Cresswell would be in the defensive shape and then sort of left centre-back when going forward. And Boyer's done a really similar thing with Christian Pedersen uh, for Birmingham at the minute. They revert to type 
uh, in a back four when they're defending Colin at right back, uh, Pedersen at left back, and then Dean and Roberts as the centre halves. Um, and then going forward, uh, you know, Sedham, their academy lads, you know, has um, much more freedom and less pressure on his defensive responsibilities, that method as well. And by default, it, it creates a bit more space. Um, in the middle of the pitch um, for Alan Halilovic, who's obviously their, their big name signing to be able to conduct things and orchestrate things, um, which is, you know, what, what a player uh, like that, it's a necessity uh, for a player like Halilovic to be uh, effective, uh, to have that space. And um, I mean, most of all, um, which, you know, the thing that everyone's been talking about, you know, bringing Lukas Jukovic back in from the cold, um, it was obviously bizarre when, you know, Karanka had his rift with him and, you know, it was discarded their best opportunity at survival, really, um, given how over, in you know, quite a few instances over the last few seasons, he's more or less kept single-handedly kept burning him up. Um, uh, so it's, it's excellent to see Jukovic firing again. Um, I, I just think they'll keep clawing away until the end of the season, or at least until they get 50 points. Uh, which probably won't be too well, They're away at Rotherham to, on, on two days, which is a massive game. Yeah, it's 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 another big game. It's, I mean, all, all the games left uh, for Rotherham are now. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they, um, as I say, much much like commentary on that forty-five point mark, you know, two or three more points over the course of the next five games, and that really should be them safe. Um, but. Well, I, I think we've touched on this on a, f- a few of the recent kickabouts. It's, it's at that stage of the season where, you know, after every weekend and every match day, you just have a cup of tea, look at the table, and you work out the points differences and, you know, you, you recalculate you know, uh, your projections until the end of the season. And, you know, um, uh, because of, you know, the changing uh, pressures on you and the changing, you know, differences in points. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's intriguing. I think uh, the way the tables evolved and the way circumstances have changed for all teams. Uh, moving on to the because I well okay in mid table of course I think uh, I don't you know I don't see any team uh, with blistering form who are likely to dethrone any of the teams that were already uh, playing in the playoffs. I don't I don't see Cardiff catching up. So I think. Uh, uh, it, it's a three-way between Bournemouth, Barnsley, and Reading to get up there, and uh, under right under our noses, uh, they've quietly gone about this. Yeah. Bournemouth have been in excellent form. They they really have. Um, obviously, we've said this at a few points this season, but it, it, this is the strong. Well, this is where the playoffs have looked most set. This so far this season, obviously, there's you know a degree of uh, uh, it being natural with only five games left. But um, I think with the momentum that Bournemouth now have and, you know, they're getting into their rhythm at just the right time, um, I really do think it, it, it probably is set at least with Bournemouth and, you know, teams will probably be wanting to avoid them in the playoffs, much like Villa um, in eighteen nineteen under Dean Smith where they went on that ridiculous run to shoot themselves into the playoffs. Bournemouth has done something yeah. with similar quality um, in the squad. Um, I think if any team will be dislodged, it will be Swansea. But I mean, Swansea have uh, began picking up the wins recently again, um, so should have enough in the tank to you know see off Reading. And I mean, all of this is dependent on Reading, you know, probably picking up five wins from five in their final game. 
Yeah. And that's and, uh, not going to happen. Um, I, uh, just to expand our chat into uh, the automatics as well, obviously Norwich's coronation is imminent this weekend. Yeah, um, that's a foregone conclusion. But it's, the thing is, um, I believe uh, Brentford are six points behind uh, Watford if they win their game in hand at home to Rotherham, which is in 10 or so days' time, I believe. So if they win that, they're six points yeah. off Watford. Brentford obviously still have to play Watford um, at the uh, Brentford Community Stadium. Um, so if they win that, that makes them three points behind them. And then Watford uh, still have to play Norwich uh, at Carrow Road. Um, so if they hope that Norwich do them a favour in that game and Brentford win on that match day, they're level on points and they'll probably have caught up with their goal difference by then. Um, so it's I, I don't think the automatics are quite over yet. Um, I think there's sort of you know a faint possibility uh, that Watford could just slip out, even though um, you know they look so strong before the international break. Since then, they have just lost a bit of their zip and a bit of their flair and a bit of their attacking cohesion uh, since then. Um, so I wouldn't say that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you're right, and. Uh... Uh, what what Watford are are that prolific in front of goal, of course. Uh, uh, again, uh, only the rare multi-goal outing in largely one nils or two ones. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it should be interesting to see how that goes. Um, quick word on Barnsley. Uh, they seem pretty uh, pretty good form, of course. Yeah, uh, a, a very impressive win uh, for them over Middlesbrough. Um, you know, just grinding out the game in the opening half, um, tiring Middlesbrough out, and then, you know, going for the kill in the second. Um, very professional win indeed. Um, I, I think one of the most entertaining bits of it was uh, uh, Neil Warnock. Well, firstly, if you watch the two-minute highlights of the game, uh, having a go at the lino before it, unfortunately, cuts us off just before a swingy tirade which is a bit annoying. Um, but then also the um, video that was doing the rounds on Twitter where, you know, as he's um, shaking the members of the Barnsley bench after the game, uh, saying, get promoted now, yeah, get promoted now, yeah, get promoted now. Yeah, well, he's, he's conceding. And uh, it's fair to say uh, another thing, we, have, we haven't discussed Middlesbrough that much, uh, apart from games that they've been involved in. And uh, they have fallen away, kind of. They have had had a mini uh, Swansea and Brentford, so to say, and I guess so of Cardiff. But you know, I guess this is separating the wheat from the chaff. But uh, yeah, uh, do you think Swansea and Brentford will see their uh, capitulations as a missed opportunity? Like, um, oh, it's that, 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 it's a very, it's a really good question. That um, I I definitely think it will be with Brentford. Um, given the manner that they've dropped points, yeah. Um, well, I I ask because Watford have been inconsistent themselves. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, much like at the end of last season, it, it's you know, oh, if we just picked up, you know, the other team uh, fell off at some points in the season, and you know, if they just held their nerve, they'd have been able to catch up with them. With Swansea, I think it's different because when. Uh, the poor results are matched by extremely poor performances. And obviously Swansea throughout March didn't have a good performance. And even late February, um, pretty yeah. abject for all of that time period. 
um, it's it, it, it's it's a much easier pill to swallow, you know, um, when you realise that ah, oh, no, well, it's it, it's fine that you know we've missed out on the on the automatic promotion because we haven't been good enough uh, uh, to do it. Brentford have been good enough uh, this season uh, that they've shown. Um, it's it, the, the playoffs are going to be so interesting because all of all, you've got three sides in Barnsley, Brentford, and Swansea who you know have the tactical acumen and preparation and cool heads and style to be able to you know get a result against any team in the championship on their day with enough preparation and focus and taking their chances at the right time. And then you've got the kind of wild card in the playoffs where. You know, it's just quality and momentum. And, you know, you see where that takes them. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I can't wait for that. And I, I'm really interested to see, because obviously, you know, the three, the positions in between three and six are going to change a lot. So who gets Bournemouth in the semi, I think will be really interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, well, when it comes to it, we'll, we'll discuss the, uh, the playoffs themselves and who's playing who. Uh of course, uh, and I guess um, that rounds up our... Uh, uh, well, in fact, we haven't actually discussed that many results. So, uh, just a very quick look at some of the games which we uh, found interesting in the championship. Uh, so, of course, we had a lot of catching up in midweek. But uh, at the weekend, uh, we had uh, Watford's 2-0 win over Reading on the Friday, yeah. which was... Uh, Sealed quite early on. Yeah, no, it was indeed um, a kind of microcosm of Watford season, really, where, um, you know, two moments of individual brilliance from Ismail Asar um, and, you know, just defensive solidity for the rest of the game got him a pretty comfortable 2-0 win. Um, or at least, you know, a microcosm of Watford season under Sisko Munoz, uh, if not Vladimir Um uh, And so, yeah, an impressive performance there and a you know, good uh, um, uh yeah, show that their their quality in that squad is still there. I, I I think the most interesting results were the most <clears throat> excuse me um, uh, impactful result of the weekend. Obviously, you know we 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 said we'd rounded up our relegation chat, but on Sheffield Wednesday, obviously Darren Moore will be um, out for uh, a bit longer. Uh, yeah, we wish him a speedy recovery. Speedy recovery to him because uh, it sounds fairly serious, but. <clears throat> It's it'll be so frustrating for Sheffield Wednesday because they had chances in this game at one all, and you know a bit of a uh, uh, Joe Wild Smith had a bit of a nightmare and goal uh, in this game, which you know has come at a really at the, at the time of the season you just don't want it to happen. <laughs> in, um, and and yeah, as I say, it'll be frustrating for them because they also can you know do the business against uh, Swansea in the midweek. Um, and QPR, you know, as Rotherham showed on Tuesday night, they're kind of the ideal team you want to play this season, you know, defensively fragile and on the beach, more or less. Um, it, it, it ticks all the boxes, really. Um, but, um, it, yeah, it, it it seems like it might be the end for Sheffield Wednesday now, even though yeah. the performance might be Well, yeah, as you mentioned, the Joe Wildsmith thing, uh, very vocal, Barry Bannon. Good to see that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, good, good to see that someone cares in that position. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so yeah, uh, there's that. Uh, there's those two results. I think uh, we might also uh, on the weekend 
might this go down as one of the worst slash most forgetful unimportant games in championship history Bristol City nil Nottingham Forest nil just uh, <laughs> just like Aki as as you know you like to say I'm glad for fans didn't well it's that. just <laughs> there comes a time when uh, you have to look at your priorities in life and uh, <laughs> Bristol City and Nottingham Forest fans just you know I love you know, we do this because we love football but there are times when you really have to say like is it really worth me going <laughs> to a game which uh, which is basically the teams that are on the beach like you know yeah well it's it's it, it, it's teams on a um, a very depressing uh, uh brown beach full of litter well, well, well the thing is look they've run their courses they're not going to go down after the, both teams look like they were going to go down i guess it's just yeah. consolidation and uh, you know but anyway i think time to move on to league 1 uh which which is uh you know n- never fails to to uh, amuse. What a week. Uh, oh, unbelievable. Well, a big game tonight with uh, Peterborough and Northampton, but we'll come on to that. <laughs> Less said about that, the better, I think. But, um, uh, of course, we had some uh, midweek uh, uh, catch-ups too. Uh, quick word on uh, Swindon's demise to uh, lowly Rochdale. A quick word. Uh, I'd like to say my whole podcast as we get. Um, but no, it's, it's been a very enjoyable week for me. Um, personally, obviously, we're Swindon with two absolutely crushing defeats, and hopefully, it's free from free because they've got Wimbledon this weekend, and Wimbledon have obviously put a mini run of form together, and so are going in as hot favourites. And I think that may, you know, bury them if Wimbledon can get the win there. Um, but no, an, an absolutely crucial run for for Rochdale. Um, if they if they were to have any chance of staying up, really, this is a really important win to me kickstart a run of form for them and they were you know absolutely deserved winners um uh, a game where you you know saw why Ollie Rathbone was you know once he you know at academy player um you know really putting the strings in that game and you know all the all the same problems for Preston uh excuse me Preston I'm thinking about that 2015 playoff final uh Swindon all of the problems that they've had this season, you know, uh, really came to the fore in this game. You know, it just massive one over the top twine um, uh, as, a, as their main creator, and you know, nothing really else going for them. Um, and a porous defence, which you know has also been solved in recent weeks. Um, it's yeah, it, it the, the, you know, speaking objectively about it, especially given that. Um, Wimbledon and Wigan have put together a mini run of form and, you know, they've probably turned the corner. Rochdale, you know, maybe sniffing um, survival. Not Bristol Rovers had, you know, had have had faint sniffs of survival and uh, Joey Barton and, you know, Northampton are probably the steadiest team down there and continue to pick up points. Who are Swindon going to replace? Um, in, in that relegation race is the question and the answer is yeah. pretty well let's hope it's Northampton <laughs> yeah yeah. Speaking, yeah, uh... yeah but uh, speaking about the other uh, side down the 8420 um, Yellows uh, two games ten goals two wins ten different yeah. goal scorers yeah, uh, it's extraordinary uh, great has to be an first has to be sure a big shock, a shockingly good six 0 win at Crew, which is a tough place to go. And no, I mean, you know, I was going to ask, when was the last time you saw the win? You remember the winning six 0 Well, uh, I can't remember if I went at Lincoln uh, right at the start of the nineteen twenty season was six 0 six one when um, oh, Foster okay. scored a worldie. 
Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, we've got we've we've got the games where we're just on fire. This is certainly one of them. Uh, five goals in about fifteen minutes, uh, either side of half time. Um, the only player, the only excuse me, the only outfield player who hasn't scored um, in our last two games is Mark Sykes, which is a ridiculous. Uh, statistic all of the back four have got one um but uh, which is a bit of a shame because mark sykes has been absolutely exceptional in these last two games you know in that matara role of you know drifting out wide to you know help with overloads and then also you know playing those incisive balls into the uh striker whoever that may be also into any um elliot lee's also been on fire you know these last two games and you know really putting his case for a permanent deal now and i hope we get that done um obviously you hope the uh brandon barker injury that he picks up against shrewsbury isn't too serious um because he was uh he, you know a top tier championship player against crew at the weekend um it's got an absolutely exceptional goal what a finish into the bottom right uh bottom yeah bottom right hand corner uh great strike um and yeah just as you know um it think it, the story of uh, Oxford season, much like QPR season in the championship, as soon as you think something's happening in the season, that thing doesn't happen. Uh, always keeping things interesting, yet simultaneously uninteresting <laughs> um, at the same time. It's, it's also a bit bizarre when I remember um, uh, around December time, we were the side of the league with like a, alongside Accrington uh, with, a, you know, a, a ridiculous number of games in hand. And that's kind of turned on its head now with, uh, I believe, Charlton have two games in hand. Yeah, well, you know, it's just been a mad yeah. game, which has just been left, right, and centre uh, postponements and whatnot. But yeah, uh, overall, uh, and in, uh, would you would you are you frustrated or kind of amused by uh, Watford? No, Broxford, sorry, not Watford. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, um, as as I said in previous points, you know, I'm not that asked about us finishing the playoffs really season i just it's it's been pretty yeah it's, i'd say it's you know maybe even ideal the fact that you know we, we we occasionally put in these just absolutely stellar performances which are just football exhibitions for league one level really um, by the way our third goal against shrewsbury what a move what a finish by matty taylor for it um and you know that's what that's what we want at this time you know a bit of entertainment and a bit of um fun uh, uh, to 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 keep the um, uh, yeah. Um, be wary, not just of the short term, the likelihood of the short term nature of this form, but also that other team. Well, uh, the, the six sides in the playoff currently, or, or well, the four sides going in that tier below Sunderland in Portsmouth, Lincoln, and Charlton. Um, well, you've got Portsmouth, Lincoln, Charlton, and you've also got Blackpool in there. Excuse me. So that kind of uh sides in between third and seventh. Um and then they all seem to be, you know, seeing out the season in good form. Um so that we catch them. But then I go at the same time um, uh, a run of two or three defeats is probably around the corner for us, so it probably won't make much a difference. Yeah, uh indeed. Uh of course in the uh, playoff picture, uh Portsmouth did decide to pick up a few points under the Cowleys, you know, the uh, new manager honeymoon period, but there's been a slight dip. And uh, uh, again, no, uh, another team who's dipped uh, are Sunderland. What did you make of their 2-1 defeat to win? Yeah, it's... Um, 
I guess the easy explanation for it would be, you know, Shrieky Lee's streak has ended uh, and here comes the streak of defeats and why can they um, resuscitate themselves before the end of the season? Um, uh, Wigan definitely deserve a win here. Um, a very limp performance from Sunderland, especially in the final third. Um, it seems that when, you know, the crosses from McGeady to Charlie White aren't working, they're pretty uh, short of ideas in terms of how to score goals. Um, and, you know, Wigan were definitely game for that. Um, you know, boys by their 4-1 victory at Doncaster over at the weekend. Um, uh, they definitely deserve to win this. Um, Allscourt, uh was in brilliant form when he came on. Uh, and you know Solomon Ottawa and Lang on the wings, you know, really causing trouble. Um, maybe also just with Sunderland, some um, cracks beginning to show with their makeshift defence in terms of positions. Obviously, Dion Sanderson was in had a, had a patch of absolutely outstanding form alongside Luca Nine as a centre back partnership, um, but. It was always a bit weird, given that, you know, Luca Nine is a right back or a central midfielder or a right winger, you know, with partnering a right wing back uh, as a centre back partnership. You know, there are fundamental cracks there. Um, and they've probably been exposed uh, over the last few weeks um, for Sunderland. It, it, it's, it, it's difficult because I think they'll see Hull as still just about in touching distance. Obviously, they need to beat Hull. At the KCOM when they go there, uh, which I believe is uh, this upcoming midweek. Um, if they don't win that, obviously automatics have gone. And so, what Johnson needs to focus on is how best to approach the playoffs in terms of selection and form and style. Um, and, and, and yeah, and also, you know, preparing that, that squad mentally for the playoffs. Um, obviously, that win at Wembley in the Pizza Cup will probably have solved a mental barrier. Well, one would hope it solved one of those mental barriers for them uh, this season. Um, and so hopefully they can, uh, you know, uh, channel and bottle that up uh, for the playoffs, uh, this, uh, which, you know, are looking more and more likely uh, with each week that goes by. Indeed, indeed. Uh, uh, of course, uh, looking at... Uh... As you said, Hull have been in a pretty good form. They yeah. travelled to Sunderland in midweek. No, a, uh, a really impressive win for Hull at the weekend away at Plymouth, I, I must say. Um, obviously, much like um, Cambridge, who have been at the forefront of League Two for much of this season, I've been sceptical at Hull uh, at the front of League One. But this is a really impressive uh, a performance with a lot of swagger. Uh, as well, and confidence, George Hanneman, uh, you know, back to his first half of the season in form where he's a standout player in the league, really, um, or at least one of the most consistently brilliant players in the leagues. And, you know, Lewis Potter and Wilkes, you know, they're typical um, youthful, explosive smells on the wings. Um, you know, Josh McGuinness, you know, the veteran of uh, uh, League One level up front. I mean, you know, there are still a load of question marks over what's going to happen with this limited squad and a bit of a mishmash squad and a bit of a, you know, sh uh, seemingly uh, short-term and marginal manager when they get into the championship, which, you know, is looking more and more likely. Uh, obviously, as I say, I don't think it's quite done yet. Automatic promotion for them. Um, but it is done if they keep playing like that at the weekend. 
um, because uh, it was it was a really impressive and emphatic performance. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll, well, for, for them, hopefully we'll provide them with the momentum to see out the next two or three games to see all that automatic promotion spot. Indeed, indeed. Uh, would you still back Sunderland to win the league or would you say... Uh, no, 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 I, I back Peterborough to win the league from now on, to be honest. Um, okay. But, well, yeah, Peterborough do have the game yeah. in hand. And, um, it's just... Yeah. It, it, because the games are running out now um, for Sunderland, it's just... It, it's kind of many... They need to stop this run of defeats with a draw at least just so they can, you know, put themselves in a position because they've got seven games left with their final four, five or six games to win all of them, get another streak going, get another run of form down. And hopefully they'll, you know, maybe catch them up with Hull come the end of the season, given that they've got both got uh, they've got two games on hand two games in hand, excuse me, on Hull. And also they've got Hull to play uh before the end of the season in that, you know, massive game at the KCOM, which as I say I believe is next midweek. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, they, they'll have their own back game, I'm sure. Indeed. Uh, uh, quick word, of course, on uh, Charlton. Yeah. Uh, you know, a very good win for them away at Sunderland. We, we've discussed uh, Sunderland's defensive tracks, which uh, Charlton's but uh, uh, they're, they're gaining a degree of mental strength and solidity, and uh. They have games in hand, and they're looking good. Of course, we'll discuss their game against Ipswich in the preview. But yeah, a, a different challenge. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm not sure what you think, Aki, but I think Adkins has consciously chosen sturdy options as they prefer, sturdy, experienced options as they, you know, prepare to go into the playoffs. Hopefully, Jason Pierce has been brought back in with Ryan Innes. Um, obviously, Jason Pierce, you know, uh, the stalwart for that League One playoff campaign. And then, obviously, now that he's moved Martson, you know, the youthful, um, you know, mental rogue uh, on the wing, uh, as well as Jayasimi, you know, two players who, you know, um, are far more effective in their attacking duties than they are defensive. Backing them up with really sturdy defensive experienced options in Ben Porrington and Adam Matthews. Which have become the, which have you know completed the settled back four over recent weeks, I think is a conscious decision, um, as well as you know, giving Darren Prattley two really energetic midfielders and Alex Gilby and Jake Foster Caskey alongside him. Um, I I can't really see Adkins changing th- his team a lot more going into the playoffs. I think he's probably settled on this starting eleven now. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Aki, but I think that serves them well, um, because you know that it's likely that they're going to be in the playoffs with either one or Lincoln, either one of, well, one of, excuse me, Lincoln or Blackpool, Portsmouth and Sunderland. Yes, Portsmouth and Sunderland have you know been in the playoffs previously, but they haven't really exercised that experience yet. And um, I'm sure Charlton's players and the squad, and with it, with also an experienced manager and Atkins to couple that, uh, would, would fancy themselves in that. Indeed. Uh, yeah, Charlton team is, is a well-rounded team, yeah. a good mix of that, youthful energy. Yeah, that, that, that's the word for it. Well-rounded. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's the word on Charlton. Uh, in the table, um, yeah, uh, Oxford just above Charlton, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how, how all of these teams perform. Uh, 
I think that's League League One pretty much done, Alf, unless we... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, just a, uh, just a quick word. We, we cannot not... Uh, well, uh, by the, uh, just a, also a quick word on AFB Wimbledon. But as we touch on, they have not... Yeah. Very impressive 5-1 uh, uh, win. Uh, but we have to mention both of a relegation race, but also for just one of the EFL Hall of Fame moments, or what will be, Northampton versus Bristol Rovers at the weekend. Um, uh, when, uh, after, you know, a frustrating 1-1 draw for Bristol Rovers, who, you know, should have got all three points, um, uh, allowed Northampton back into the game with a sloppy penalty, and when um, Northampton got their tails up for the final 10 minutes, they nearly got the win. Um, when asked about uh, the bizarre warm-up uh, that Bristol Rovers players did before the game uh, in taking their shoes off, um, Joey Barton had a series of bizarre quotes about channeling the energy from the Earth's physical geography and, you know, rock movements and tectonic plate movements. Um, just, you know, um, absolutely Eric Cantona levels of bizarre battle. Um, and something that I know amused us both uh, very much. Um, and it's quite funny to, you know, picture some of your other more industrious uh, League One and EFL managers, uh, you know, either Graham Cuffton or Daryl Clark, imagining saying that is, you know, well, Daryl Clark, obviously, at the Bristol Rovers manager. Um, imagining them saying that is quite a funny endeavor. Well, uh, Joey Barton, uh, you know, well, he's, he's a character who's attracted attention before, and uh, it's not always a good thing. And uh, state, statements like that are uh, counterproductive, to say the least. But each to his own, you know. No, they, 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 they definitely are. And um, <laughs> the last thing that they need is a circus right now. Bristol Rovers, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, this is the running for them. Um, and obviously, survival in League One is so pivotal in terms of the size of it and, you know, a side that really shouldn't have to go back into League Two and uh, well, even non League, as they were in the uh, 2014 2015 game. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's really not the ideal thing uh, to be the topic of conversation for them going into a, um, a pivotal run of games. For them. Yeah, uh, no, not not not. Uh, this is not the case. A quick word on. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, vindication for me about Cambridge, maybe. Um, a 4 1 defeat to Exeter, where they were completely outplayed, um, uh, will be very worrying for them. Um, you know, hopefully it just doesn't start rot before it's too late in the season, because uh, I'm sure that'll be the primary fear. Um, it's a kind of a quick pit stop roundup on Walsall, um, with two important, for that, two important wins for them. Uh, obviously, consigning. Uh, Forest Green Rovers sacking their long, uh, long-term manager of five years. I think when Ainsworth, well, Ainsworth is likely to leave Wicked. I do wonder who the longer-serving EFL manager would be because I, I don't think it'd be more than three years really at this rate. Um, but yeah, two important wins for Walsall, which have kind of seen them claw themselves away uh, from uh, the relegation race. Um, Port Vale continue their run of wins under Daryl Clark. You know, they're really cooking on gas now. And I mean, if you're looking at, um, potential promotion contenders for next season, you know, I, I really think Port Vale would be near the top of that list. Um, also, uh, perhaps most notably Bolton, 
um, two wins for them, too narrow wins for them, and two you know unimpressive wins for them. But that doesn't really matter at this stage of the season. Um, obviously, Tamir have hit a really poor one of form. Um, you know, Kane Mullery's come off the gas a little bit, and that's kind of had a ripple effect uh, throughout the team. Um, and you know, if Bolton keep on grinding out those wins with the way Tramir are going, uh, they should really you know seal that automatic promotion spot in no time. Um, which is, you know, uh, uh, just an absolute relief uh, for them. And, you know, because it, you know, much as, you know, I predicted it looks a bit wrong now, but also for the first half of the season, it looks like, you know, that they had to, they were going to have to recalibrate their ambitions yet again. Um, but, you know, a, a ridiculous run of form over the last few months, really, is, you know, seen them put themselves with one foot on the uh, League One promotion party bus. Um, and uh, yeah, it will be a, as I say a massive relief for Bolton fans that they don't have to stick out another season. In the well, yeah, I think you know a lot of the bigger teams who have gone down have spent a few seasons at this level, but uh, yeah, Bolton they re- they really sh- they really should be kicking on, which they are. And um, yeah, I guess it's a very good roundup of uh, League Two. Uh, so let's do our preview now, uh, starting back on top of the pyramid with the Championship, uh, of course. Mm. Um, so Blackburn played Derby tonight, which has more implications at the bottom of the table. But I think uh, uh, you'd back. Blackburn yeah, it's it's, it's a really interesting game this one because I wonder how much it, it, it's such an important important period. These final few games for the testing of relations between Tony Mowbray and his squad. Because if, you know, the players feel that, like, our oh, Mowbray's on his way out anyway, and, you know, we've kind of got a bit sick of him by now, you know, a, a pretty limp and pitiful end to the season looks likely for Backburn. But I do wonder if, you know, they continue, if, you know, they might continue to show a bit of their attacking flair, which, you know, is obviously, which they obviously, you know, have in abundance when they're, when they're playing well. Um, if we see that in a little mini run before the end of the season, which might, you know, keep Mowbray in a job for another year or so. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see that, but obviously the game is far more crucial to Derby um, in their, you know, survival ambitions. Um, and to be honest, it's, excuse me, maybe an ideal opponent uh, for them to play at this stage of the season. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, of course, the team who should be at the beach, they don't have much to play for. Also, Reading v Cardiff tonight, but uh, there's a lot more riding on that for Reading, obviously. Yeah, no, no, there really is. Um, and, and again, it might it's a game that might uh, play into Cardiff's hands with, you know, Reading taking um, uh, uh, the lion's share of possession and, um, uh, you know, uh, creating the most chances on paper, you know, that might play into Cardiff's uh, counter-attacking uh, start of play. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, of course... Uh, all games kicking off at uh, half past twelve, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, Norwich City against Bournemouth should be a bit of a a a, 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 a game good on the eye, of course. No, it uh, it, it will be. Um, uh, I'm sure it will be more framed as the uh, potential uh, promotion party um, uh, for Norwich, and I mean uh, the um, it, it might not even be that by then if Swansea and Brentford drop points uh, against Millwall and Wickham respectively. Um, uh, but, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure Norwich, you know, they've had a week uh, to prepare for this game. I'm sure, you know, they're going to, despite, you know, Bournemouth's, you know, 
um, uh, momentum and you know brilliant form and quality. I'm sure you know Norwich will still dominate the game and you know play with confidence um, because you know Norwich just have shown no sign of nerves or conservatism uh, in the in the last few months. And you know I see no reason why that will change. Uh, and to Bournemouth, um, to be honest, I expect a comfortable win for Norwich. And I mean they'll also have a hundred points. Um, sites as well. Yeah. Um, they still got five games left, and they only need ten points uh, to get it. So that's you know an average of two points a game, or three wins and a draw from five games, if you want to look at it that way. Um, which is yeah uh, more than achievable uh, for them. Yeah, indeed. Uh, of course, uh, in League One tonight, uh, a derby with the Peterborough playing Northampton, but I only see that going one way, and hmm. uh, I I I can't see a Northampton win from that. They uh, well, they can barely score goals anyway, but I think Peterborough will uh, definitely outscore them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it will be uh, uh yeah, it, it, I think it's a game where you know Northampton will either really frustrate Peterborough until like the 80th minute, or it might turn into a bit of an early whitewash. Yeah, well, I think it was even more depressing because this is a bit of a derby in the East Midlands yeah, for uh, it's mini, mini reasons, derby, I guess. Yes. Yeah, mini derby because. Uh, well, other teams have met the most. Well, we met, met consistently. Um, moving on, uh, Oxford United hosting Julian. Yeah, kind of a clash of teams who, you know, um, as I say, when, you know, uh, something you think is happening in their season it doesn't happen um, really depends on who you know turns up on the day and I think it will be us to be honest um, we're, 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 we're a much better side than Gillian really um, when both teams are you know at least in you know 8 out of 10 form um, uh, we're comfortably uh, the better side uh, you know the biggest game of the slate has to be Wimbledon versus Swindon at the bottom of the table really um, you know, it's a game with such massive implications. Obviously, Blackpool Sunderland is going to be fun for a playoff race, but you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, or you know, it's not going to be too critical, whichever way the result goes. Um, uh, but but yeah, Wimbledon versus Swindon definitely will be. Um, and obviously, Charlton against Ipswich. You know, and uh, and Charlton will really fancy themselves for this game. Um, obviously, Paul Cook came out with some absolutely damning comments uh, after Ipswich's. You know, really pitiful defeat away at Wimbledon in midweek, um, saying that you know it's not been good enough from both me and the squad, and you know he thinks they're a soft touch, um, and which were you know completely fair comments, um, and uh, yeah, I I, I think um, I, I can't see that malaise stopping uh, at the hands of you know a really uh, as as we uh, you know as we discussed a really solid, confident, growingly confident uh, Charlton side. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, Ipswich will have received a bit of a bollocking by the manager and there'll be a side with a point to prove. But um, I think Charlton should have enough for them on their own turf. And actually, this is uh, uh, the Atkins' first game at the Valley because all his other games have been away from home. So if it's his home debut, it'll be interesting to see how they get on, whether they're expected to dominate. And uh, MK Dons in Portsmouth is another big Yeah, mile. MK Dons versus Portsmouth will be good fun. Um, the game where, you know... Pompey will have their defensive will uh, tested, which by a team, you know, heavy on creating chances in possession, which is ideal uh, preparation for Portsmouth for the playoffs if they do indeed make it. Hello?
But yeah, also- yep. uh, sorry, listener, uh, slight technical hiccup. So we were on the League One, League Two preview. Uh, which games did you have in mind, Al? Um, it's got to be Newport Cambridge uh, this weekend. Um, a test, a massive test for Cambridge up against the side who, you know, kind of relish these games against superior opposition than them um, in Newport. Um, obviously, Newport are back at Rodney Parade now, so it's uh, a game which is interesting to consider. Um, and Newport, you know, they're a side who, you know, need to start picking up wins if they, you know, to complete their playoff aspirations, which, you know, they really should be achieving, um, given the quality of their squad and manager and Michael Flynn. Um Excuse me. Uh, also, um, I think I think another really interesting game is Carlisle against Port Vale. Um, you, you know, they're both playoffs are both you know kind of a distant aspiration at this stage for both of them. But they're two sides who are in excellent form at the minute, and um, you know maybe you know I just I can continue that for you know a playoff push. And then Tranmere against Salford is kind of you know a big headline uh, match. Uh, will, will be really interesting. Obviously, Tranmere need to you know kickstart their campaign for automatics again if they don't want to just accept uh, the playoffs. Or I mean, even that you know isn't a guarantee at this stage. Um, meanwhile, you know Salford are continuing to just you know just not show any um, sign of effective coaching or motivation at all at the minute. So I would edge for Tranmere in this one. Um, but you know Salford. Not making the playoffs this season would be just an absolute disgrace, really, given their embarrassment of riches in the squad. Yeah, um, especially after changes of manager and uh, yeah, yeah, um, all this sort of stuff. And uh, of course, the class of '92 might not be as savvy as they think they are. No, uh, so you know, time will tell. Uh, a sure win for Bolton, of course, against Grimsby, you would think. Uh, but you yes. Know. No, it's uh, it's an ideal opportunity for Bolton really to you know continue that purpose. Obviously, Grimsby have become you know uh, a, a lot better under Paul Hurst, um, and you know they have that uh, run of that unbeaten run, but you know they're just not turning draws into wins when they really need to at this stage in the season. Um, it was a really crushing defeat for them away at Bradford uh, last weekend. Um, you know, a game which you know is kind of ideal really to pick up points at this stage. So yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. So uh, thank you very much, everyone, for uh, your time listening. Keep enjoying the football and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye from me and bye from Al. Bye-bye, guys.